Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome along to the Short Ball, everybody. Scotty Stevenson and Mills Muliaina with you as we launch into season 2019. Yes, we're a week late, Millsy, but we needed to get some footy under our belt before we came back to talk serious code here on this uh, podcast. Ellie Williams, hopefully, will be joining us. But um, who's that? He's supposed to be here at ten. It's quarter past ten. Nah, so he's changed. He hasn't. He hasn't texted. He hasn't told us where he is. Nah, he's big time now. He's I moved know. up. That's How problem. dare he? That's the problem. Are you good for tomorrow, Ellie? Yep, sweet. And then nothing. This is very too. I can't <laughs> wait to hear the excuse. We'll Typical. get into that later. Round one of Super Rugby, Millsy. You were down there on Friday in the Tron, back in your home patch. Uh, what was your major takeaway from that game? Forgetting the result for the time being, what, what about the quality of footy oh, to open the season? The, the quality for me was exceptional. I just like you know when teams usually feel them their, their ways their way through three or four rounds before they start sort of clicking but the quality was outstanding in, in, in my view. There was a couple of times the ball went down and I thought oh here here comes the rust and mm-hmm. um, perhaps this is where it's going to get a little bit ugly but really and, and for me really it was the momentum swings. Like I actually thought you know the Highlanders came out with the Real bang, they, they missed an opportunity for a try. They scored, Chiefs struck back straight away, and it was just continuous like that. Yeah, there was a bit of drama with the red card and whatnot, but mm-hmm. also the finish, the way the Highlanders finished that off was um, exceptional. So for me, it was the quality and also the youngsters. Yeah. Every year, damn, damn, there's some good players. What interested me about the Highlanders this year versus last year and the year before, they did not kick as much as we nah. would have expected them to kick. They were playing, and, and Tubai Madsen had talked about this last week on the podcast, the fact that the Chiefs were right up there in terms of attack teams, the Highlanders right up there in terms of defence teams. If you looked at the match stats, yeah, they shut the Chiefs down, shut the Chiefs' attack down. I think in large part that was probably uh, partly when Brad Webber left the field. Yeah. Brad Webber's such a great organiser for yeah. that team. Uh, Stevie Donald having to go and play fullback um, probably came as a bit of a surprise to him, I'd imagine, as much as his payday fade came as a surprise <laughs> to him. Did, did, did you talk to old Koro about that after oh, the game? Mate, he needs to give that hairdresser an absolute uppercut. It's not right. What, what was he thinking? No, this is the problem. He's come back in, he's realised he's 20 years older than the next bloke there, and I reckon Shooter Stevenson put him up to that. <laughs> He's come back and Sean Stevenson said, mate, you got to get down with the lads. And he has taken that far too literally. Oh, I tell you what, 
he he needed some tan too. He probably should have did it about three or four weeks ago, then sat in the sun because, man, that was <laughs> that was playing up. <laughs> I thought it was the highlight of the game, actually. Um, what did you make of the red card? Uh, because uh, standard practice in New Zealand rugby, uh, we get one round of games and the referee cops the blame for most of the results. Oh, it's a, I mean, at, at the time, I didn't think it was a red card. Mm. And I know, yes, yeah, on the head, which is exactly what we're, we're trying to protect players. And that, but it, I just thought the consequence... Outweighed what what had actually happened. Yellow card, de- you know, definitely, or you know, pe- a lot of people saying penalty. I think yellow card mm. probably was was the way to go. Uh, it's an issue, really. We need to try and crack down on because the the tackled area, well, the tackling, you know, needs to be addressed. You know, and I think when you go in like that, and the, um, there's there's different type types of tackles, and I don't want to get too deep into it. That type of tackle there, you're trying to get shoulders on. So when you're when you're learning how to tackle, and you you know, everything's about dominating that area. And it's about getting shoulders on. Um, as soon as you get to a, a place where you're tackling with your arms or you're saying you're wrapping stuff, your first point of contact is, is your shoulder because you want to get a shoulder and then wrap. Look, I agree with that. Okay, if you're sitting here right now when you talk about shoulders on, right, just show me because we're on camera. Mm. Where are your arms in that in, in that process? Yeah, they're sort of out here. Yeah, okay. You go back and look at that replay, CEO looks like he's about to take off in a Superman mm. jump. This is the problem that I have with uh, – I'm not saying that, that I'm 100% behind the red card. Actually, I am saying I'm 100% behind the red card, and here's why. CEO's got form when it comes to tackling that way. <laughs> we all know that because we've all seen it. We love it when he gets it right because I don't think there's a midfielder in New Zealand who puts on a bigger shot than CEO Tompkinson. But the fact is, referees become aware of a pattern of behaviour with players. They have to because they do their research like anyone else in the game. There were no arms in that tackle, none at all. And it matters not a jot that Brodie Retallick was ducking into the tackle. Of course he's ducking into the tackle, he's trying to bump the guy off. Mm. But as soon as you take your arms out of play and you make contact with the head... That is that is against everything that World Rugby is trying to clean up about the game. So you, you, you put yourself in that position, then it doesn't really matter because you've given the referee no choice as far as I'm concerned. That's the problem. We've got to stop looking at the referee's call on what colour card it was and start saying, why is this tackle technique not right when they are in a professional environment that surely still teaches tackling? Yeah, and I suppose that's where I, I, I'm saying, like, we need to to clarify what the actual tackle is because you, you you say that and I probably look at I do look at a little bit different where he's mm. flying into like that, but what you get taught is you come through and you're actually trying to bring that arm through with power, sure, and and actually punch through, um, punch through. So then your shoulders your your shoulders coming up now. Yes, okay, because he's he's come in like that, and the first point is um, is his shoulder. He's not going to then bring his arms arms no. around. So there's a clarification on that, okay? And that is an area, in an area where it's just beside the ruck where you're going to often get tackles like that. And so you say to yourself, okay, in this scenario, surely the referees are saying, okay, around the ruck area, you're going to get those sort of tackles. Okay, if it ends up like that where his arms are back there, then it's a red card offence. Different when you're at the back. You know, when I'm at the back and someone's broken through, I'm not looking to make dominant tackles. I'm looking to actually try and get as anything on as yeah. much as I can. So sure. there's a different scenario as well. And then you come back to that breakdown as well. If you're not getting shoulders on, you, you're bringing around a swinging arm and you hit someone like that, 
then perhaps they need to clarify that. You know, different sort of um, positions that these guys are uh, actually getting themselves into. So mm. then everyone's everyone knows what's going on. And at the moment, I think we spoke about it last year too. We've now gone round one, and all of a sudden, there's a couple of things that have come up, but no one has actually come out and well, not that I've heard from a refereeing's point no, of view, of and said, not. "Well, well, Glenn Jackson did actually get it right, and this is why he got it right, or this is why he perhaps didn't get it wrong." Yeah, look, we're, we're going to try and get Lyndon Bray on the short ball in the coming weeks just to have a look at that, and we're heading into round two, of course. So, if there are any other controversial issues, because I, I 100% agree with you on on that point. This was a round in which there were two penalty tries. There were accusations of bias against Nick Bryan at Eden Park in the Blues Crusaders game. Glenn Jackson had to give that, or felt he had to give that red card in the Chiefs game. Mm. When you have controversial issues like this, even if from a refereeing perspective you think it's black and white, yep. why is there an argument here? Go and learn your, your law book. Surely when you start hearing there's chatter yep. from the fans... And chatter along the lines of, this is why I don't watch rugby anymore. This has got ridiculous. What game are we watching? Okay, some of those comments might be a little buff-headed for the modern social mores. But the fact is, that means there's confusion. And surely it is the refereeing team's job to take the confusion out of the game. It is a complex game. We get that. But if you are happy to let these issues be discussed for a week after the game has finished then I think you're in dereliction of your duty to the game, which is to uphold the laws of the game. Part of that has got to be educational. Yep. Referees have no problem coaching a rugby team through 80 minutes of rugby. Yep. And as I've written before for Rugby Pass, then we get silence. Yep. That, and that, that has got to stop <laughs> because to. We, we've got a game which is, which is plagued by people who don't, um, because they might be casual fans, who just don't get the intricacies of the game. And some of us don't get some no. of the decisions well, made, and, and we do this for a living. What it does, also, it, I mean, and this is why I was so disappointed at the end of the game that I knew exactly what everyone was going to be talking about. You know, there, yeah, it was a, such a great game that, but all of a sudden, that's put to the side while we we speak about this one incident. Now, let's just say, for example, they came out and said, "This is why the law is this, and that's why he it was a red card." Mm. All of a sudden, you've got something to go back on. You know, you have the discussion. Everyone's going to have the opinion. Mm. I, I might be wrong, so, you know, but there's going to be thousands of people that have their opinion on it. But you've always got something to go back and say, well, hold on a sec. The referees have come out straight after the game or 48 hours after the game and said, this is why that was done or perhaps got it wrong. And then you've always got something to refer back to at the moment. Everyone's opinion is all over the place, whether it's right or wrong, because yeah. there's, there's nothing that's been st- like stated as to why that happened. Yeah, I, and that that's it's an ongoing issue for me because I just don't think it's that much of an ask for uh, for someone to be a spokesperson for the referees and to look at five calls that were made on the weekend that maybe uh, have led to some confusion yeah. in the fan base or through the market and say, this is why these decisions were made, we think it's correct according to this law, or we think on this occasion we got that one wrong, mm. so we will look to clarify that in the coming weeks. Yeah. Just own it. Just own it. Just Because just, it sucks. Because right? the, rest of the, the rest of the stuff was awesome. I thought the referees done a fantastic yeah. job. But unfortunately, we're sitting here talking about these issues, which is... It's a shame. Yeah, we should be talking about Balan Sullivan. We should be yeah. talking about Eteni uh, Nanaisaturu. We should be talking about Tamua Manu. Uh, these players, um, Atata Moyakiola, yeah. these players all on debut for the Chiefs. Yeah. I thought that young backline, guided predominantly by Anton Leonard-Brown, oh, who was sensational. Mate. 
that that gives me a lot of hope for the Chiefs. I, I still they look raw, and I'm I'm not entirely sure the Chiefs are going to find that sixth gear this year. Yeah. Uh, especially the way they crumpled on the back half of that game because they still seem to me to rely on some pretty key players. But da- Damien McKenzie <laughs> to come back is a pretty bad. good player to come back. But I, I was really impressed with Auburn Ledger's involvement oh, in the man. game. Uh, playing 10, know. Uh, you know, that's a massive achievement for him. And then the names just listed. Tumboy Matson has some genuine talent yep. at his disposal this year, yep. for sure. Yeah, my and you're right, those guys here are exceptional and they are going to be the future of Chiefs, Chiefs Manor. The one thing that I've sort of got with, with the Chiefs at the moment, one concern really, and it's probably a big one, is like the guy that stepped up, okay, Anton Leonard stepped up because you know, he's at that age now where he's had that experience and whatnot. Um, Damian McKenzie was out. You lose those two guys out of your back line and then, you know, like your captain, Brody Retallick and the you know the experiences. Nathan Harris stepped up. Yeah, I think really, he's great. Yeah, they're yeah. they're really short of that out and out experience that they actually need to sort of. Um, and you you got to remember they had a massive injury toll last year as well. So yeah, they did. And we're only talking two or three guys. You lose a couple of those guys, and you know they're they're. I think they'll be struggling. Well, they'll they'll lose Brad Weber this week. I, I he suspect he won't play because of yeah. uh, a head knock in round one, but. Look, that, I mean, there's some hope there for the Chiefs, but but you know, I, I take the other side of that, and the Highlanders who are hosting the Reds this weekend at Forsyth Bar, I can't see them losing that game. That that is an absolute scene setter win for the Highlanders, and I, I was watching that game at home, Milsey. You were there live, and I thought to myself, when they got in front, and and this happens very rarely, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how is this even possible? Yeah. How are they leading this game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. I had the pleasure to speak to Aaron Major afterward. He said he was so proud of, of that effort yeah. uh, for what those boys did to come back. And, yeah, bringing on Aaron Smith, great to see him back and having an involvement, a genuine involvement in the win. But they're just nuggety, uh, no pun intended. Yeah. They will they will find a way, that team. And they didn't have much um, territory possession. It was really, once that happened where Weber went off, the 57th wait minute, I noted that down because he he was starting to you know make things happen and it really sort of halted um, the Chiefs' momentum. But it was man, it was the youngsters. You're right. It was almost like how are these guys you know still in the fight and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden go ahead. You know, your your is you know Joshua. You know he he just did did his role for someone that was you know very young. You know, nudged the corners. Um, you know, got his pet going, Putty Putty Parkinson, Lomax, mm. all those guys stepping up, guys with little experience, but they just seemed to just soak it all up. Um, even to that last, you know, when they came back and scored those um, those last couple of tries, oh, I mean, Frizzell was fantastic when he came on as well, but it was just, mm. they are nuggety, but in a in a very positive way, that they, mm. they have the self-belief that they know what they're doing and, and the direction that they have. And it obviously comes from the coaching staff and, and Aaron Major and co that, you know, they just there's just out and out belief that they can do what they what, what what's needed to be done to win a game. And the way they finished that off was exceptional. The one the one thing about that game that, that signaled to me very clearly is that there's already been a little bit of uh, grinding of the teeth uh, about the future of the All Blacks post <laughs> Rugby World Cup 2020-2021. Uh, we know a lot of those senior players are going, but some of those names were just listed. 
I mean, th- this is the talent conveyor belt in New Zealand. And then you went to Eden Park and you look at the likes of Tom Robinson, I thought had a great yeah. game at Eden Park. Uh, Braden Enor uh, was oh, yeah. inarguably sensational for the Crusaders. Uh, David Harvilli, I think, found a little bit of himself again mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, George Bridge, who we know what he can do. So w- when you start to look around <laughs> the next generation of players, I, I maintain that you-, you cannot win a Super Rugby competition based on youth and youth alone. Uh, you have it, got to augment that with some very calm heads. Uh, and, you know, we, I think we saw that with the Highlanders-Chiefs game. I think we saw that with the Crusaders-Blues game as well. Um, you've, you've got to have that winning experience on your side. But I'm genuinely excited after one round, seeing the future three years down the track, two years down the track of what New Zealand rugby players will be able to offer. Oh, it's crazy, and that's what excites me as well, the, the fact that you just had one round. And I'm, I'm stoked that it was like derbies, you know, because mm. it was just, it, the display was um, fantastic. And, and you're right, it, it does, um, I suppose, in, in some way, you know, put guys out there that are, that are going to be there for the future. And it, it, it is. We have got a, a real... Um, you know, um, well, the talent in New Zealand is fantastic. I mean, you're talking about Enor and, and Co. Harvillis, you know, he hasn't been around that long, but they have had, you know, some quality experience, which mm. is which is great then. But you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, I agree with you there that you can't win a title without, you know, some, ex- well, experience. And you look at the Crusaders. Yeah. Now, how do you lose? How do you lose a prop and then... Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing about the Crusaders. Look at their bench alone last week. Fennell, yeah. Perry, Alalatoa, Romano, Sanders, Drummond, Hunt and Jordan. I mean, what a bench. Oh, that's ludicrous. Although in saying that, when you've got Tuanukuafi, Moulds and Tuanukuafi coming off the bench yeah. for, the, for the Blues, they probably could have done better. I, I want to talk about the Blues. They've got a big challenge this week against the Sharks team that ran rampant um, last weekend in their opener against the, uh, the Moondogs. Um, You know, after the game, Scotty Robertson said, you know, they've they've improved. And even just watching them, you could sense that there was genuine clarity in what they were trying to do right up until it came down to a potential match-winning play. I know there have been some comments made about the refereeing of that game and how the rub of the green goes to the Crusaders. Um, Yeah, yeah, you know what, It, it does. And you know why it does? Is because they're really good at it. And they really understand how to play the lines in this game. And every single one of them understands that. And that makes it very hard for a referee when 15 blokes are all on the same page and he's trying to figure out what's going on. It's very easy to get pinged by a referee when it's one or two getting out of line and doing dumb shit. Here's the thing, right, with the Blues. Yes, they've improved. And it's not going to be the structure of their game that costs them this year. It is going to be the mental challenge yes. of thinking of themselves as winners. And it was so patently obvious to me that all the athletes in the world in that team, of which there are many, are not going to get the results they are capable of until they can flick that switch in the club that says, we are no longer second. We do not come second anymore. We win these games. Yeah. I think this game in South Africa is fundamentally crucial to their entire season. Put last week aside, they could have won. Perfect. They didn't. They came second. They came second to a team that's lost three games in two years. No shame in that. None. But they've got to go to South Africa now in tough conditions, middle of summer in Durban, 
and get a win. Yeah. They just have to. They have to. Uh, it, it is. Everything's there. Everything is there for the Blues. And it's just that mental, that mental when, – when pressure starts to, to uh, be applied and it showed, and I, th- and I think they've come a long way. Don't get me wrong. They've come a hell of a long way. But it's that discipline, that, that real discipline to say, okay, well, okay, the pressure's on. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's not about myself being able to do it, and that's sort of what's what's happening. They might not admit it. Guys want to step up, and I, I, I like the fact that they do. They want to take on their responsibility, but it's often in all different areas. You know, mm. they're, different, they're going in different directions. They need to be able to have that discipline. I'm hoping to see that discipline come together. Against the Crusaders, they're fantastic, and it's given a lot of people hope. The one thing that they can't go now and do is think, that's it, you know, everyone's everyone thinks that we can, we can we're a chance this year. Yeah. This game here for me is the most important game of, of the season because they go over to, to Durban, they come together, you know, they ha- hopefully have, have the learnings from last weekend. Because you think of, okay, there's two penalty tries, a cross kick that was, you know, that Collins perhaps should have been, you know, who'd been disappointed with that because you probably should have been in better position, you know, and all of a sudden you're in the game. But you go over to, Shark, to the Sharks and to the, I mean, the tank and you win over there, and it's such a hard thing to do. And come together. Then you go over to Jaguares uh, and you come back home um, to the to the Sunwolves. And I tell you what, they get those three games. Yeah, you go through. You go through on the bounce. Yeah. You know, I, I looked at the match stats out of that game. When was the last time a Crusaders team was kept under two hundred and fifty running meters? Yeah. Oh. When, when can you remember a Crusaders team that was on a leash that badly uh, in a game of Super Rugby? I can't. <laughs> Not in the last couple of years. And what, what were the? Uh, I think the Blues were about what. A thousand, four, twelve hundred, yeah. or something. Like that. No, the blue, the Blues went for almost five hundred running meters in that yeah. game. Look, there's no doubt for me. All things being equal, the Blues should have won that game. Okay, but but the shooters are irrelevant because no. <laughs> the missing piece of the puzzle is going away and having that self belief. But uh, you know what's great for Leo McDonald, Tom Coventry, Tana Umanga, after that game is that they could have said to their guys, "It works." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and the does. players could look at the review and go, yeah, actually, it does work. Yeah. This wasn't a case of nothing's working out there, we're getting beat. Yeah. This is a case of, yeah, that absolutely works. Yeah. Now if we can find that last 2%, we're, we're away. And that, that's got to be exciting for the Shit, Mate, you need to be in there. You need to be in there telling I'm them. You're, you're, you're getting me excited. I know, I can tell. <laughs> it was a tough week for your two former clubs. Oh, yeah. Which one are you going for this year, by the way? We haven't got that elephant in the room out of the way. Oh, you're going for the Blues this year. <laughs> I was going for the Blues last year. I've heard too. that before. Uh, <laughs> Perhaps I should go for the Chiefs. What about the Hurricanes getting back, um, coming back from a one-point victory yeah. over the Waratahs in a sand pit at Brookvale Oval? I can't believe they won that game, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but hey, all power to them. Same sort of thing. Winners win games. Um, they're going to uh, head down to AMI Stadium this week to take on the Crusaders. The talk 
this week is that Bowden Barrett's going to put himself up for selection uh, a week back from his honeymoon. Um, and uh, if you follow um, Bowden Barrett's wife, Hannah, on Instagram, um, you pretty much saw every detail of that honeymoon, barring the sort of stuff between lights out and, and dawn. But, um, <laughs> well, I mean, Hannah loves an Instagram post. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, there was, there was barely a, a scene that wasn't captured for public <laughs> posterity. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, no, in saying that, there were probably lots of scenes that weren't captured for public posterity, but, I mean, we got the gist that they had a great time. Uh, now, the All Blacks don't want Bowden Barrett to play this weekend. Oh, I think it's a bit early, don't you? I mean, oh, yeah. like he's, he's only come back for a week, um, and I think he's smart enough to know that too. Perhaps, you know, uh, maybe on the bench, um, mm-hmm. things like that, but I, I, I don't I don't. Well, I wouldn't imagine him being out there this uh, this early. It's, that's not really a. Well, I wouldn't have him out there if I was the coach. I wouldn't have to have him out there. This, this so you early. you wouldn't help him. You wouldn't have him out there because it won't help the Hurricanes, or you wouldn't have him out there because it won't help Bowden Barrett. I, I think perhaps Bowden's. You know, I don't, he's just come back from honey as his honeymoon. He's had a weekend of, of training, getting you know used to these guys that were been busting their balls since October. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put that pressure on him. It's a long season ahead, so I mean, it's yeah, it's easy to say if I was, you know, because I'm not the coach, but I wouldn't have him out there for both. Yeah, for well, both has, club and country. Has Uncle Foster been talking to you? Has he? No, nah, he, has he told you to say that. No. Nah. Well, you obviously think you should be out there, right? <clears throat> yeah. Happy days. I think from a f- physical point if of you, view, you're not even ready. Well. Okay, you're a full-time professional athlete, and you go away. We know you, yeah, mate. Enjoy your honeymoon, enjoy your holiday. But I mean, you can't tell me he's, he's got a base level of fitness to play 20 minutes of a Super Rugby game, has he? 20 minutes, yeah. Perhaps 20 minutes, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. But but here's the thing: what if it comes down to what, what Tina's telling you to do something? Lift your mic up. There we go. How's what that? if it comes down to the wire? The Hurricanes are in the hunt. He gets subbed in. Or what if you're on the bench and Fletcher Smith goes down mm-hmm. five minutes into the game? You got to play seventy-five. I mean, that's the risk of putting him on the bench. That is. That's yeah. So, so I mean, you say put him on. Well, you can't put it, you can't put anyone on a bench who's not capable of playing eighty minutes. Yeah. Not in a professional environment, right? No. Because we've seen it before. We saw it with Crocky in his two hundredth. You know, he's yeah. down to play twenty minutes. He gets seventy-six. Yeah. Uh, that's the reality of the situation. So if he's on the bench, he's got to be playing. Yeah, and that's the or thing. Prepared that, to play. That, I think they would. <laughs> had a plan before his um, honeymoon to say, well, in round three, this is where you're going to be coming back and, you know, being available with that from a physical point of view. You need mm-hmm. to be playing, you know, mentally as well, that you need to know that you're playing 80 minutes. I don't think, I, I think when you come back a week out and say, oh, hold on a sec, you know, you know, all of a sudden your planning's gone out the door. So whether, hey, I'm, I could be wrong, he could have been on that honeymoon and when the lights went off, he could have been out bloody doing some Broncos. Oh, no, I saw lots of exercise clips on Instagram. Well, yeah. maybe he's ready. There were lots of exercise clips. Hey, not the ones. No, no, no! Don't bring him. Don't, mate. That's not fair to talk about that. Hey. I mean, on like, <laughs> what hey. bikes and things? Oh, what bikes? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, exercising on what bikes? <laughs> yeah. Not doing anything else yeah. on a what? <laughs> <laughs> not riding oh, a what bike. We've really got to move on yeah. from this conversation. Um, we haven't even touched on the topic du jour, uh, Julian Savia in Toulon. Uh, I'd had a radio chat on Monday about this, uh, about uh, Murad Boujalal, um, and obviously there are varying opinions on this. Where do you sit on this? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you where I sit on it. I think it's absolutely disgraceful. 
<laughs> Why did you hesitate? I, because I was trying to find the word without swearing. Oh. That I don't care how much money you have. Do you know the joy of this game is that money shouldn't be central to it? Mm. And in this avaricious world we live in in professional sport, Murad Bougil Altamiz stands as the totemic figure of all that is possibly going wrong with rugby. And the sooner, the sooner his entire enterprise falls over, comic books, the eh? better. Yeah. Not as comic books. He can sell as many comics as he like, but he can just piss off and get out of rugby. Yeah, his, mm. his comments are destructive for the game. I hope that the Julian Savier comments and, and now the Reese Webb incident as well, where Murad Bourgeois has made it clear that he's welcome to leave. I hope that any player worth their salt in the game will rebuke any offer made to them yeah. by Toulon. I'm sure there are agents who would listen to this and go, hey, 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 whoa, 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 there's money involved here. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Julian Savia is an imperfect man. We know he had his issues here with the All Blacks. We know he had his issues here with the Hurricanes. Do you know why? Because he's a 28-year-old kid. Yeah. And they're not the finished product. And to go out there and to say the things that the guy paying your bills is saying about him and then to defend those comments, as some people have, then I, I'm afraid you don't get what this game is about. And if you think... As the owner of a professional rugby club, that buying a winger is going to win you a title, then you actually know zero about rugby union, yeah. and I question your place in the sport. And I'm sorry, I don't give a shit about Murad Bujalal, whatever. I don't care about Toulon, I have no connection to this club. What I care about is the spirit of a game that needs to be cherished. And everything that has happened this week in Toulon goes against the very spirit of the game I love. And that's what gets me. Damn straight. Damn straight. Is that, is that all right? Can no, I say mate, that? I'll tell you, it's, it's, I'm, absolutely, uh, it's, I'm absolutely disgusted about it. Okay, forget the, I, I don't even know why, he's, why Julian chooses to stay. Yeah, I know he's, he's a proud man. And well, he's like, staying because so his lawyers can figure out how on earth they're going to exactly. get some get, recompense. Get out of there. Because I'll tell you what. He'll, I've heard also that all of a sudden he just stops paying you. Look, yeah, yeah. again, you're allowed to criticise players who show a lack of form, right? We all do it. We're in the media. You can say, hey, that wasn't very good of him. But, you, you know, there's just a point in the game where I think we can expect a bit of class. Mm. I think we should expect a bit of we class. Should. And and if if I put that same those same comments on a player and a player came out and said that about their coach or their owner, they would be pilloried. Their careers would be done. But here's a guy, because he's worth some cash, who thinks he can say whatever he likes. Now, we know what he's like. Anyone who's followed European rugby for any period of time knows Murad Bujalal. He is what he is. Mm. And as Gregor Paul pointed out in the New Zealand Herald today, why is anyone surprised? But, you know, the, the point is, at, at what point... Does the Rugby Players Association come out, the International Players Association say, this is unacceptable? At what point do the agents all come out and say, this is unacceptable? At what point do the other owners say, this is unacceptable? At what point does French rugby, which has no jurisdiction over this competition, more shameful, what time do they come out and say, this is not how we do things? Or is this a new reality that we're about to enter in in rugby? Well, union? that's what I'm beginning to wonder because at the end of the day, okay, we, we can all talk about it now, but until someone does something about it, whether everyone sort of, 
you know, boycotts it. I'm talking the agents and everything else. He's just going to keep going because I can see this just going out for another week or so, and then all you know, he might leave, but. Everything will start rolling around again when he starts negotiating with agents and oh, with dollars too. Yeah, exactly. But it's not going to go away. It's it, it, it's he's just going to keep doing what he's because he, he he's the owner, right? No one no one no one cares after another month or so. It'll just be in the back burner again oh, until no. something else happens. Right, look, it couldn't have been a better result for New Zealand rugby. Don't, yeah, exactly. They haven't had exactly. to do a thing, exactly. and suddenly every rugby player in this country is going, "Whoa, maybe it's not so good up there." Well, that's what people don't realize. You've got to been take, there. Oh man, you've got everything's different. There's like when you've got, when they're privately owned, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get guys that are well owners that are going to say, "Well, you don't perform. I'm going to be outspoken. I'm not going to pay you, and you can basically beat it." Even the stuff that I agreed to, so you can go to your wedding, what we agreed to before the terms were signed off, but when you come back, I'm going to diss the crap out of you as to why you win. Well, hold on. Just publicly roast you. I, you know, I know players get dropped. They get, they fall out of form. Coaches get frustrated. You know, they, they have a game that hasn't been up to scratch, and you can say publicly, you know, as a as many, you can talk about that. But there's a way to do it, right? Oh, the, I guess that's the point I'm making. There's a way to do this. <laughs> and that's not the This is a... It's a shit show. Oh, mate. It, 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 it's diabolical. <laughs> That's what it is. Don't go overseas. <gasps> no, Don't even go near the Riviera or wherever the hell they are. Do go. Help yourself. Just, you know, uh, all that glitters is not gold. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's go through some picks, Millsy, before we wrap this up. Highlanders against the Reds. Brad Tons. Yeah. Return home. Hard not to go past the Highlanders. It certainly is. Pretty inexperienced in the Reds. Side as well, so yeah. and uh, it's the Highlanders for me, and especially that bloody ground. It's, it's hard to win there, isn't it? Taniela Tupu is coming for a bit of uh, specific comment from some of the Highlanders. Do you reckon someone's going to try and put him in the ground? Who? Jesus, spice things up a little bit, isn't he? Gee. Love a bit of one-on-one matchup. Uh, the doggies are taking on the Tars. Uh, the Waratahs will have to bounce back from that uh, shambles of Brookvale, uh, even though it's hit Sunwolves um, in Tokyo. I can't see the Tars losing that one. Surely not. No, that Surely. flat track will lose the Waratahs. They'll, they'll have a crack. Crusaders Canes, game of the round for me. Um, whew. You're going Crusaders. Oh, of course. Straight up. Razor Ray didn't sign two years for nothing. Does he sign two years? Is he really? Has he got an out clause in there? Perhaps. You get We're all black clause? Guarantee he's got an out clause in there. Yeah. Brumbies feet Chiefs. Uh, this is a tough game for the Chiefs. Uh, I don't think the Brumbies were special, but then I haven't thought the Brumbies were special for the last, <laughs> I don't know, 15 years. But uh, even so, oh, niggly game for the Chiefs. Niggly. It is. It's a real niggly. I mean, and it's over there too, isn't it? Mm. Oh. I mean, Canberra and Hamilton got a lot in common, but even so. <laughs> flat. Very, very, very flat. Canberra's got a lake, apparently. I've never been. Never been to Canberra? No. <laughs> Well, why would I go to Canberra? Like, if you said, let's go for a trip to Australia, where, where, at what point does Canberra come in on the list of destinations? Well, it's, it's man-made. It's uh, the They're capital. Well, hang on. I mean, you're going to go, well, let's go through the list. Isn't it man-made? Come for a trip to Australia. I'm going to throw Melbourne. I'm going to throw Sydney. I'm going to throw Brizzy. I'm going to throw Port Douglas. I'm going to throw Cairns. I'm going to throw Darwin. I'm going to throw Perth, Fremantle. <laughs> I'm going to throw Adelaide in there, Coober Pedy, Broken Hill, Alice Springs. Launceston, 
Uh, Canberra's coming in, not even top 10 for me. Uh, yeah, you're right, mate. No offence to Canberrans. It's okay. just uh, maybe I just need to do a bit more investigation into the joys of Canberra. No, nah, wouldn't go. That two, <laughs> hour, that two or three hour bus trip well, from Sydney to Canberra. Oh, terrible. Okay. Are the Chiefs winning this or what? Oh, I think they do. Okay, i tell you what the game, I'll tell you what I want to see in this Chiefs game, Milsey. Tatoro Tahuriorangi yeah. needs to have a game yeah. because he is going to become under increasing pressure to retain that number three spot in the All Blacks. Mm. Yeah, there's no doubt that Aaron Smith and TJ Perinara are your one and two. Yeah. They need a third. And at the moment, I mean, he hasn't started a Super Rugby game since yeah. May. That's what I was going to say. Last year, May. Yeah, exactly. And he, he didn't get much game time. He didn't get much game time at all either, did he? So, Mm-mm. and then he's, you know, obviously been picked up with the All Blacks. So he does. I think this is his perfect opportunity for him to really step up mm-hmm. and show what he's... Oh, I think he's, he's, a, he's a very talented player, but it's his opportunity now with uh, Webby being out there that um, he, he needs to really shine. Sharks taking on the Blues. I, I think the Blues can sneak this one. I reckon too. I, I do think I, that. Yeah, I, I think... Here um, we go. I can't believe I said that. I'm, I'm out. I'm hey, out. hey. I'm out. Hey, you're I'm a out. believer, mate. I'm out. You're a believer. No, you're not. I'm gone. Get back here. Get back here. You're not out. The Blues are going to do this. They're going to go on tour. They're going to come back. And you know what? They'll win those three games. But the Shark, yeah. That's a tough you, ask. Okay. Well, you've, you've said it now. How terrible were the Stormers against the Bulls? On the, how terrible was that rugby team? Well, how good was the Bulls, though? The Bulls were great. Speckman. Oh, man. Did you, did you see that? How, how does someone see that run tribe? like that with his hair going all over the way? He's, he's got beads in there or something? 100%. Ah, right. <laughs> he's covered in spiders. No one can tackle him. Roscoe Speckman, how good to see him. Uh, the Lions will crush him. Yeah. Surely. Can I just say, like, it's South Africa, it, you really got to compliment them on how they've sort of transformed those sevens players into the yeah. 15s and transitioned them. Yeah. I mean, Speckman's an, it's a, it's another, he's another exa- uh, example of what they've done. So it's, it's fantastic. Going, are, they, are they in Ellis Park? No. No, no they're at Newlands. Yeah, that's being them. Lions? Yeah, Lions was big, big time. <laughs> and finally, the Hawars taking on the Bulls. Hawars. They do. Oh, yes. they, last year, they, they they won a few over there. Yeah, they won at home. They, uh, they won a few here. Remember, they came out. They came out the Chiefs. five or so in a row. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they went on a tear. Um, you just I never don't know. know eh? No, nah, it's just another know. one of those seasons for the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulls should pump them. I like the Bulls. I really do. I like the like I like the way they've actually they know what, how they're going to play this game now. They yeah. sort of mean last year they just took so long to sort of figure out how they're going to play, whether they're going to kick, whether they're going to run. It was just Pollard for me, mate. He is looking in good see, nick. See, they've finally looked a couple of hours down the motorway and seen what the Lions are doing in Johannesburg and said, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a team that you know last won a title with the likes of Habana running around the show, yeah, you know, creating merry havoc. I mean, there's a, there's a team that can play running footy. True. They were so good last week. Love the Bulls. Mills, anything else on your mind in rugby this week? We need to cover off today. Oh no, nah, nothing real. I'm just we're, no. we're still waiting on Ali Williams, aren't we? Still, he should be here. So it's been really good. I've really enjoyed this chat today. Actually, this is probably no, the best chat he's had. <laughs> mate, that is. Do you enjoy it? I, I, you saw mate, that? I couldn't fault you on that, man. I tell you what, 
Worms. Hell of a job, mate. Great Keep job. It up. Keep Great it up. job, Ellie. Great to have you on the short ball today. Uh, we'll see if we can get Ellie back next week because if he's uh, going to be as excitable and as animated oh, as he's we, been we today. We can have him back next week, mate. You've done a great job. <laughs> yeah. Keep it up, brother. It's the best version of Ellie Williams I've ever seen, and this has been Scotty and Mills on the short ball, and it's great to have your company for another season. Make sure you check out all the Super Rugby action this weekend on rugbypass.com. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.